Blog Talk Radio. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas, you're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LaVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio Nation. Welcome to another edition of Page One on this Friday night. It is, I tend to forget my dates and I tend to get them uh, all together, but I know last week was the first. That makes tonight the 8th <laughs> uh, of April for 2022. Uh, show number 188. Uh, we've done 188 of these shows, and if you've been with us for all of them, thank you. Uh, Of course, you can hear us here on Blog Talk Radio every Friday night at this time, 10 o'clock Eastern Time, 9 o'clock Central, Uh, and then uh, you can also rehear the shows not only here on Blog Talk Radio, but you can also hear them on the podcast for Apple, for iHeartRadio, and for Spotify, and I do believe there's more. Um. As it stands at the moment, you just hear me. Uh, You do not hear Mary. Um, So it looks like I'm going to be flying solo on the show this evening, uh, if you don't mind. Um, I know you uh, love it when we're both here. I love it, too. Uh, I look forward to these Friday nights because it's a chance for us to pretty much talk the way that we would probably talk over a phone conversation. That's where the show show began. And I think back over 188 shows and um, you know, when you get to have fun with a true friend, it is um, – it doesn't even seem like – I mean, we're just here having fun. Uh, that's why I don't think we take ourselves too seriously on this show. Um, we're not going to be hard news. We're not going to be like other shows. Uh, we may discuss some things that are in the news from time to time that may be on our mind, but otherwise, if you came for politics or if you came for other stuff, this probably isn't the place for you. Uh, we will probably talk about the odd news or the odd ends that, uh, that you need to know that's going on out there and uh, along the way have a little bit of fun. Uh, I would probably even say uh, tonight, usually we'll, t- we'll talk about the weather at some point, but I will tell you here in Chicago, tonight uh, it was some snow, snow in April. Uh, for those of you in the Midwest, uh, you have seen mixtures of snow and rain which messes with the baseball season, uh, which there are a lot of games that get canceled and pretty much have to be made up down the line. But um, that is exactly what's going on. I know here in Chicago, the Cubs game was postponed and my poor White Sox in Detroit this afternoon uh, was an odd ending. That was uh, not a good way to start off the season with a walk-off hit, uh, which was kind of a catch, but it wasn't. Uh, It hit off the wall. Uh, just by mere inches off of the outfielder's glove, and it was ruled a hit, which was a walk-off hit. So um, that's the way that season starts. So hopefully wherever market you're in, whatever fan of whatever team you are, hopefully uh, they start off well. 
uh, and hopefully it's a good season for all. Uh, the interesting thing I think about that is that uh, when you look at baseball, and we'll talk about it a little bit down the line here this evening, there was an interesting story of note that came out this week about a change in baseball. And I'm not sure, you know, if you're sports fans, if you've heard us over the years, you pretty much know that I am more of the traditionalist when it comes to sports or when it comes to baseball or when it comes to anything else but I'm kind of more of the traditionalist when it comes in that sense of what happens. Um, but there's a story that was kind of out that a lot of sports fans are a little bit, I guess what you would say is divided among. Um, they don't really know how to feel because it's, it's a change of the game. Uh, that's what we've seen. Uh, but tonight of the program, don't know how long we're going to go. All depends on how long my voice can hold up for you. But uh, I will go through a few of the stories uh, that are out, uh, things to know, uh, things that are going on, as well as we will have our retro moment of the week. And then we will take a look at what's trending. And then from the retro files, uh, a very interesting thing of note, which I'm not sure if uh, all of you kind of knew, which was a cool thing that I read this week. You know, one of the things that you learn the most is when you read something and then you find out a little bit of a back story or history. I almost want to call it something else, but I know that probably due to other copyrights, I probably cannot call it that. So I just say for the retro files, but it's kind of an interesting thing along the way. But we'll have that. And then uh, later on this hour, um, I know you guys love it, so we will have a couple of things of note from the Smoking Gun Files, um, some funny stories or probably some stories or interesting stories uh, that we have seen uh, over the last week. But uh, with that all being said, uh, like I said, tonight is April 8th, 2022. On the Almanac uh, for this week, and that's one of the things, too, is, uh, by the way, and I want to apologize because last week uh, I had promised you additional retro moments of the week and got so into talking about our topic that I totally forgot to play the other retro moments of the week. So those will actually be the ones that will appear tonight, uh, which you'll have coming up here shortly uh, before the bottom of the hour. But uh, getting back to the subject, today is April 8th, and on the calendar for today, it is National All is Ours Day. Uh, pretty much, and I'm pretty sure if Mary was here, she would ask me, well, what the heck is that? Uh, it is observed each year on April 8th, and it, it takes us along three views of appreciation, and you celebrate each of the approaches to the day or pick the one that best suits you. Uh, the first approach to the day can be looked at as a time to reflect on all the beauty of nature and all the wonderful things in life. And uh, the second way is to celebrate the day is by appreciating everything that we have. Even when we don't have much, what we do have is a blessing. And a third way to view today is by sharing all that we have. Regardless of what we have, sharing it seems to make tough times easier when we all work together. The greatest times and the greatest things in life are those that are shared. I hope we do that here with the uh, show itself because it's some things that you may not know, some things you may know, some things you may take with you and tell people, hey, I bet you didn't know this was going on or bet you didn't hear about this story. So hopefully we can do that. Uh, it is also National Empanada Day and National Zoo Lovers Day. Tomorrow it is National Cherish and Antique Day. 
National Chinese Almond Cookie Day, National Former Prisoner of War Recognition Day. It is also National Name Yourself Day, National Unicorn Day, and National Winston Churchill Day. And then on April 10th, uh, Sunday, it is Encourage a Young Writer Day, National Cinnamon Crescent Day, National Farm Animals Day, and National Siblings Day. And then April 11th is National Barbershop Quartet Day, National Cheese Fondue Day, National 8-Track Tape Day, National Pet National Submarine Day. And then on Tuesday, it is National Big Wind Day, National Colorado Day, National for Twelves Day, it is National Licorice Day, Only Child Day, Education and Sharing Day, and National Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day, which sounds good right about now. Uh, April 13th, it is on Wednesday. It is National Thomas Jefferson Day, National Scrabble Day, National Make Lunch Count Day, National Born Queeners Day. I'm go- I have no idea. Um, I guess to share the story and what that is. Uh, It recognizes the sacrifices of the Puerto Rican Regiment of the Volunteer Infantry. Uh, So, yes, that is on that day. And then there's also National Peach Cobbler Day, one of my favorite desserts. And then on the 14th, Thursday, it is International Lava Bread Day. It is Look Look Up at the Sky Day, National Dolphin Day, National Ex Spouse Day, which I'm shocked they have one for ex spouses, National Gardening Day, National Pan American Day. National Reach as High as You Can Day and National Pecan Day. So, um, and then next Friday, uh, it is Good Friday, uh, the Friday before Easter, Easter weekend coming up next weekend. Uh, We'll be with you Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 o'clock Central. And just to kind of give you a look at the schedule here over the next couple of weeks, after next week, uh, kind of a little bit of a two-week hiatus here because – on April 22nd, um, Avery Jane will be with me for the 401 Lounge, and this one will be on a Friday night. I know that you guys normally expect the 401 Lounge to be on a Sunday night, uh, but she will be with me Friday night, April 22nd, uh, which is actually Earth Day. Um, and it's one week before she makes her appearance here in Chicago for Exotica. Um, so we'll get a chance to talk a lot a lot about her career and things that are going on. And then a couple of nights later on Sunday night, April 24th, uh, scheduled to be my guest is uh, competitive eater model Raina Hong. Uh, if you follow her online, you know, uh, it's under the, oh my God, it's Raina or Raina is crazy. Uh, and she, over the last especially couple of years, has really gained a lot of followers uh, for what she has done because she does not look like your regular competitive eater. Um, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> I got a lot of questions. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, hopefully that holds up, and uh, hopefully she will be with us on Sunday night, April 24th. That one is at a special time of 10 o'clock Eastern time, 9 o'clock Central. So, uh, but, yeah, two weeks from tonight. And actually, she just liked the uh, Twitter post that we put on. So, uh, but, no, I'm looking forward to having her, uh, Avery Jane, a couple of weeks from tonight because uh, uh, she's a special young lady who is just really starting off in uh, the adult entertainment industry. But she shares a pretty cool story about – 
you know, what it took for her to get there and then uh, what she's doing right now. So uh, if you're a fan, if you know her, uh, she will be on the 401 Lounge two weeks from tonight. Uh, and then on the 29th, uh, I will actually be at Exotica. Uh, no show that night. Uh, right now, nothing scheduled for that week. So as always, we say to be determined. You can join me on Twitter at NewsCometBTR to find out more. If we don't do a show that week, uh, then we definitely will join you on May 6th, one night after Cinco de Mayo in May. Uh, it will be the end of the month of May. So this is almost the next to last, which sounds weird, the next to last show for the month of April. Uh, but we'll be here next Friday night, uh, and then after that, 401 Lounge, and after that, no show. Uh, we'll be off, or I'll be off. Um, so a lot of that is going on, and like I said, uh, we'll inundate you not only here but on Instagram uh, and everywhere else. But that is the almanac uh, for this week. Uh, next week we'll probably go through the rest of the month just to get you caught up to speed. Uh, but one of the stories, the interesting story uh, this week uh, that I saw, sports story, uh, which came out of Grambling State. Uh, the new Grambling State volleyball coach, Chelsea Lucas, decided to cut every player on the team, according to a report out of KSLA-TV in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, Lucas, who is a 2007 Grambling alum, became the team's head coach in February. She had previously told all 19 players on the team that she would be making some roster changes, according to GSU Sports Communication Director Brian Howard. However, personnel not know the full extent of the changes that she had planned, and her move to release every player was not previously discussed, according to Howard, and is something that is typically left up to the coach's discretion. The volleyball coach met with each player individually and advised them that their scholarships would not be renewed. Uh, Destiny Johnson, who was a sophomore defensive specialist on the team, tweeted a statement on Monday saying that she was, quote, sick to her stomach and very upset about being cut from the team and losing her scholarship. All the time, energy, and dedication I put into the volleyball program here at Grambling State has been thrown right back in my face, she said. My entire team has been robbed of our last years to play the sport we love by a woman who's come in and disrespected and belittled us since day one. I'm so upset that the AD has made no effort to look further into this. Grambling State University, especially the athletic department, should be truly ashamed of themselves. We deserve so much better. Howard told KSLA-TV that recruiting efforts have already started to replace the players who were cut from the roster. Uh, it's her decision to make, and she has some quality players coming on board, Howard said. I think 13 or 14 are coming on board at some point. So I hate to say out with the old, but in with the new a little bit. Uh, Travion Scott, GSU's athletic director, said the statement that, quote, just as the transfer portal empowers student-athletes, our coaches are also empowered to make the decisions they deem necessary to advance their programs. Before returning to Grambling, Lucas has spent six seasons at two other South uh, Athletic, uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference programs in Arkansas Pine Bluff and Alcorn State, and she coached three years at UAPB, where she posted a 37 and 44 record overall in a 37 and 17 mark in conference play. And prior to UAPB, she spent three seasons at Alcorn State from 2016 to 2018. Uh, it definitely is kind of what one would say is kind of – I don't want to say payback. That's a very harsh word. Uh, the transfer portal in the last year has almost made the NCAA look a lot like um, free agency in basketball. 
and, and I hate to – I know you're going to say LeVar are two different types of things, but it almost is starting to seem like that. Right now you already saw uh, where a couple of players off of the uh, one Final Eight team that made it all the um, – St. Mary's, uh, three players are going through transfer for them, and, and more than likely they're going to be joining their coaches going to another program. So it's kind of like everybody jumping ship, and in this case you have players who weren't expecting or maybe in some way almost kind of expected – uh, something to be done, but not to that extreme. There's a lot more that meets the eye in regards to what's being said, because when you look at it, I was looking at the comment uh, from that player, and when she said pretty much at that point that she came in and kind of disrespected them since day one, um, it kind of makes you uh, wonder if coach came in and pretty much told them that everybody had to play for their own roster spots. And these players who felt that they had already deserved that roster spot by putting in the time probably met it with a little resistance. And probably at that point, they all banded together as a team and pretty much put it out there to the coach uh, that, Hey, we're probably, and this is just my assumption, but it seems like it from what you're reading between the lines here is that at that point, the coach probably was like, Hey, you know, if we're not going to, you know, kind of go with what I want, this is what's going to happen. Uh, does she have a right to do what she did? Yes. Does it make the university look bad in regards to commitment from schools to their scholarship players? You bet it does. And it's something like that, which raises a lot of eyes. And I'm shocked that she's able to find 13 to 14 students so quick that they're going to be willing to come and play volleyball because when things like that happens, you take a look at what's happened with LSU and their basketball program, and you take a look at uh, other schools in the past where they've had issues where players have walked off and could not just get along with the coach. And this is a little bit unprecedented, probably not the first nor the last time throughout history, but to have an entire team pretty much cut uh, that's a bold move, and sometimes it can either be a positive or a step in the right direction, or it could probably be one of those things where it is a step in the wrong direction and it sets the program back. But that is apparently what is happening with that and Grambling, but we'll definitely be keeping an eye uh, on the program and what's going on and what happens with that. Uh, real quick, uh, I know last week, and I said it was probably one of the first and last times we talked about it, but for those of you who had not heard, uh, kind of a quick uh, update story uh, on Will Smith. Uh, of course, uh, the Academy met today, and they have banned him uh, from partake, partaking in anything Academy-related for 10 years. Uh, kind of surprising at how long it was. Not so surprising that they decided to throw the book. I think even more so after he decided to quit uh, his Academy um, membership. So I think they pretty much at that point were going to say, hey, and I don't believe that stops him from being nominated. Uh, he can get nominated, but he just won't be there to pick, pick it up. They'll probably mail it to him. Um, but yeah, that's what's going on with Grambling. And that's, and like I said, it's not the first sports story that we have seen in which coaches have done that. But it is quite interesting that you have an entire team. Uh, that is at odds with their coach enough to the point of where the coach pretty much just cuts them all. <laughs> um, so that is what's going on there. Uh, like I said, coming up tonight uh, on this show, don't know how long we're going to be on, but we do have coming up here in a few moments, a retro moment of the week. 
Uh, and then after that, when we come back, uh, we'll take a look at something that a school did recently in regards to school lunches. It's something that you or I probably have done at one time or another in our years in school, but it would left the school with a little bit of a, a decision in which they pretty much had to put their foot down. Uh, and then also, like I said, we'll take a look at what's trending on Twitter. Uh, also ahead, uh, we'll talk about a change coming to baseball, which a lot of people did not like. And then we'll do uh, a little bit of a look at uh, some things from the smoking gun on this April 8th. And like I said, you're listening to page one here with LeVar and Mary. Mary not here with us tonight. Uh, one of the other stories that we were looking at this week and one of the interesting things that I wrote or saw uh, if you are a fan of cereal, uh, the Lucky Charm cereal, and I think we've mentioned this time and again on this show uh, about our like or dislike of marshmallow cereal. I think it was as much recently as a few weeks ago. But consumers are alleging a popular breakfast cereal is making them sick. More than 100 people posted to IWasPoison.com, and I didn't even know that that was a website claiming that General Mills' Lucky Charms caused them to experience a variety of gastrointestinal issues. The site itself called for a consumer-led website uh, for diner or for dinner <laughs> for the diners to report suspected food poisoning or bad food experiences. Uh, consumers on the website complained of nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, and overall feelings of sickness. The Food and Drug Administration has responded to the report, stating that the agency is aware of the complaints and is looking into the matter. The FDA has its own system to track consumer complaints called a uh, CARES website, but it's spelled C-A-E-R-S. Uh, that database has received 41 reports related to Lucky Charms since 2004, which is not a lot when you look at it. Uh, only three of those reports were received in 2021, and only one was related to the complaints listed in IWasPoison.com, the FDA said. In a statement sent to Nexstar, General Mills said that it was taking the complaints very seriously. Uh, quote, after a thorough internal investigation, we have not found any evidence that these complaints are attributed to our products. This, according to Andrea Williamson, who's a company spokesperson. She goes on to states that we encourage consumers to please share any concerns directly with General Mills to ensure that they can be appropriately dressed. Now, when the FDA starts an investigation, Depending on the seriousness of the problem, an FDA investigator may visit the person who made the complaint, collect product samples, and uh, initiate inspections. Uh, in less serious cases are those that appear to be isolated incidents, the FDA monitors incoming information and considers inspecting your production facility in the future. Uh, the FDA statement went on to say that the FDA takes seriously any reports of possible adulteration of a food that may also cause illness, uh, so, yeah, that's a very interesting thing, but uh, I don't know. Uh, like I said, that's a very small number. So I don't know if it was just that particular batch or if there was something that was going on, but uh, it doesn't seem to be a big thing, and uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on that too. Uh, and then how would you like for this to happen to you? Uh, a woman won $10 million dollars. After purchasing a lottery ticket at a Southern California supermarket last year, this according to state lottery officials who announced it on Wednesday, uh, Laquidra Edwards put $40 into a scratcher's vending machine at Avon's in Tarzana back in November 2021. While she was about to start selecting which game she wanted, Edwards said some rude person, quote, bumped into her, 
according to a news release from the California Lottery, which doesn't immediately reveal the identity of winners for privacy reasons. That person's bump caused her to accidentally push the wrong number on the machine. A $30 200-time scratcher's ticket came out of the machine, and Edward said she had no intention of buying it. He just bumped into me, didn't say a thing, and just walked out the door. She remembers being irritated, not only because the person bumped into her, also because she had just spent 75% of her lottery money on one ticket rather than their usual selection of cheaper price options. Once she was in the car, she started scratching the $30 ticket, the one she was literally pushed into buying, and discovered she had just won the game's top prize of $10 million. She said, quote, I didn't really believe it at first, but I got on the 405 freeway and kept looking down at the ticket, and I almost crashed my car. I pulled over, looked at it again and again, scanned it with my California Lottery mobile app, and I just kept thinking this can't be right. Edward says she's going to use her weddings to buy a house and start a nonprofit organization. I'm still in shock, she added. All I remember saying once I found out how much I just won was I'm rich. Uh, the Vaughn store where Edwards accidentally won her fortune, they get a $50,000 bonus for selling the winning ticket. How about that? Um, but you hear more more stories about lottery winners that way who um, who pretty much just happen to win based off of something wrong. I think there was a story a little while back where someone had uh, – the store clerk had printed out the wrong batch of tickets, and the person decided to take them anyway. And at that point, uh, they took it, they won, and the rest was history. So who knows? Hopefully uh, all of you who have the same (laughs) incidents have a little bit of luck. Uh, But from our retro files, uh, one of the interesting things tonight that I wanted to share with you, this is almost kind of like a did you know. And I guess the only way I will be able to explain this is if I play the clip first. Once I play it, uh, I will give you a little bit of the backstory behind it. So here's the clip. (laughs) No, that wasn't somebody stepping on a Lego. But what that is, it is a stock sound effect, which is known as the Willem Scream. Uh, that scream has been used in a number of films and TV series beginning in 1951 with the film Distant Drums. The scream is usually used when someone is shot, falls from a great height, or is thrown from an explosion. Uh, the sound is named after Private Willem, a character in the charge at Feather River. It was a 1953 western in which the character gets shot in the thigh with an arrow. Uh, this was its first use following its inclusion in the Warner Brothers Stock Sound Library, Although the charge at Feather River is believed to have been the third film to use the effect, I'm going to tell you in just a minute who that is or the scream is believed to belong to. But just to kind of give you, like I said, a quick history, uh, it originates from a series of sound effects recorded from the 1951 movie Distant Drums. In a scene from the film, soldiers are wading through a swamp in the Everglades, and one of them is bitten and dragged underwater by an alligator. The screams for that scene and other scenes in the movie were recorded later in a single take. The recording was entitled Man Getting Bit by an Alligator, and he screamed. The fifth take of the scream was used for the soldier in the alligator scene. The fifth take, which later became known as the iconic Willem scream, was voiced by the person who I will tell you in a minute. Uh, I will tell you, if you are familiar with the movie, they play the uncredited role of Private Jessup in Distant Drums. 
Now, research suggests that this person best known uh, for something else and as another uh, role is likely have been the voice actor who originally performed the screen, and it was supported by an interview in 2005 by his widow. Uh, they had discovered records at Warner Brothers from the editor of Distant Drums, including a short list of names of actors scheduled to record lines of dialogue for miscellaneous roles in the movie. And this person was one of the few actors assembled for the recording of an additional or vocal element for the film. Now, the Willem Scream's major breakout in popular culture came from motion picture sound designer Ben uh, Burt, who discovered the original recording, which he found as a studio reel labeled Man Being Eaten by Alligator, and incorporated it into a scene in Star Wars in which Luke Skywalker shoots a stormtrooper off a ledge with the effect being used as the stormtrooper is falling. He's also credited with naming the scream after Private Willem. Now, over the next decade, he began incorporating the effect into other films of which he worked, including projects including involving George Lucas's or Steven Spielberg. Notably, the rest of the subsequent Star Wars films as well as the Indiana Jones movies. And the scream often became an in-joke after it was used in films such as the Star Wars franchise and Indiana Jones. And in February 2018, it was announced that Star Wars would no longer use the Willem Scream with The Force Awakens and being the last film in the series to use it. Uh, John Favreau uses the scream in the Star Wars spinoff series, The Mandalorian, titled The Book of Boba Fett. Uh, other sound designers picked up the effect, and inclusion of the sound in the films became a tradition among the community of sound designers. A scene in Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom seems main antagonist, Mola Ram, being eaten alive by crocodiles, accompanied by the scream. Sound designer Gary Rydstrom, including the effect for his 2006 directorial debut in Pixar's short Lifted. The effect is used in the animated Disney and Pixar films such as The Incredibles, the Toy Story and Cars series, and Up Movies, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Kung Fu, Panda, Hercules, and others. In television shows such as Game of Thrones, Lizzie McGuire, the Fairly Odd Parents, Invader Zim, the Powerpuff Girls, Powerpuff Girls, Blazing Dragon, The Big Night, Danny Fathom, and many blockbuster films. Even television programs, tunes, and video games have made use of the screen. The sound can be heard in the video game Red Dead Redemption during gunfights. So just who was the person behind that screen? It was a person whose birthday or who was born on April 10th, 1921, and was known for his hit novelty song, The Purple People Eater. Yes, it was Sheb Woolley. Something for you to know. <laughs> and if you didn't know, now you know. Retro Moment of the Week is upon us. And after the break, like I said, we'll take a look at some more stories. We'll take a look at what's trending, and then we will have some things from the files of the smoking gun. So don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Page One with our Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. We challenge hot shot Garland Dwyer with a new Mattel Electronics baseball game. You are off. Inside, a tiny thinking computer plays like a team of pros. The computer fires a fastball. Now a curve. It's a triple. Garland's trying to stretch it home. New Pocket Baseball, one of seven sports games from Mattel Electronics. Hey, who's in there? Let's go where the big cash prizes are. You could wind up rich, and it's not very far. If you want good luck for you and your car, 
Everything starts with Sinclair. How'd you like to win $2,500 cash? $500 or maybe $100. You can win money at Sinclair dealers playing the Dino Dollars game. Win instant cash, too, and you don't have to buy a thing. Over 100 winners at any Sinclair station where you see the Dino Dollars sign. Any licensed driver can win up to $2,500. Void where prohibited by law. Hardtop convertible or sedan. Get dyno power with nickels soon as you can. Go to the friendly Sinclair man. Everything starts with Sinclair. Drive with care and buy Sinclair. Play the dyno dollars game. You're listening to Page One with LeVar and Mary on Block Talk Radio. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. Welcome back to page one with LeVar and Mary here on this Friday night, April 8, 2022. LeVar with you here. Uh, Mary's off tonight. Uh, one of the things uh, that we were following also this week was from Pennsylvania, where a very interesting story came about. You know, you and I, we probably grew up maybe, uh, maybe bartering off a little bit of our lunch. Well, this story comes from Pennsylvania, where a Pennsylvania school on Monday uh, started limiting the amount of snacks that students can bring to school, sparking outrage from some parents. A Facebook post from the Aliquippa School District posted last week said that Aliquippa junior-senior high school students had started bringing, quote, an excessive amount of outside snacks like shopping bags full of chips and canned drinks. Because of that, students' bags would be searched, the district said in the post. Anything more than one four-ounce bag of chips and one beverage up to 20 ounces will be thrown out by security. Students who pack lunch will not get an allowance for additional snacks and will also have their lunches open and inspected, the district said. Uh, the Post had hundreds of critical comments by Tuesday morning, but was deleted shortly before 7.30 a.m. A district spokesperson did not respond to a request for further comment or answer why the Post was deleted. Uh, one parent or uh, one person commented, you're going to tell parents what they can and cannot send for their child to eat? That's absurd. Maybe if school lunches weren't so tiny and gross, they wouldn't need to bring extra snacks. This according to the Miami Herald. Uh, lunch police, another person commented, maybe they should stay out of the parenting business and focus on giving kids a quality education. Uh, before deleting the post, the district had responded, thank you for all your feedback. If you have children in the district, please contact your building principal. If you are an Internet heckler, continue as you were. Uh, the district superintendent told NBC affiliate WTXI of Pittsburgh that the decision to limit snacks was made because students were selling and trading food causing distractions. The children aren't going to starve because they do have free meals for breakfast and lunch, uh, added Aliquippa School Board member uh, Catherine uh, Coladella. You know, it is a passing or a sign of the times, I think. Can things kind of cause distractions? Yeah, but I don't think that causing that big of a distraction as to where, 
you pretty much have to shut down what some people bring for snacks. Um, Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much uh, it is I, – I don't really know what to think about that, but it is something in which you know, it's a shame that now students' bags have to be – I mean, just think about it. it, it we all have seen those bags, uh, the 25-cent bags is what I call them, even though they're more than that nowadays. But say if you bring a couple of those to school and you might bring a water and a soda for later. So now you're telling me that you're going to limit what somebody can eat or have and that you are going to rely on your lunch to be fulfilling for the day. Uh, I'm not sure if they've seen some of these kids today, but some of these kids can eat. (laughs) Um, So I don't know uh, what will become of that. Definitely an interesting story to continue uh, looking at and what happens with that. But I don't know. I think that, you know, if it gets out of hand with selling, the teachers, I would think, would be able to stop that within class. It's not like they're setting up shop in the hallways and people are fighting over trying to get snacks. So, um, yeah, I really don't know. I, I, you'd think that when you've heard it all, then you see something like that. But who knows? Uh, anyway. Out of Tampa comes a story where a streaming uh, site, $2,400 for watching 24 hours of crime documentaries. Uh, For the third year in a row, Magellan TV has selected a lineup of 32 true crime documentaries for lucky winners viewing and to share on social media. Uh, The person who is hired uh, will watch a lot of shows uh, along them, Murder Maps, uh, Lady Killers, uh, uh, 10 Steps to Murder, Nurses Who Kill, Murder on the Internet, uh, a lot of different crime shows. And the winner, along with 100 runners-up, will get a free membership to Magellan TV for one year. Uh, applications are open uh, through Monday, April 18th at 5 o'clock Eastern Time. The contest is open to those 18 and older who live in the United States. Where could you go, Lavar? Uh, you could go to MagellanTV.com. It is their third annual True Crime Watch Dream Job. So you binge watch 24 hours of true crime, and it says that they will pay you, which I think a lot of people would do it for free, so why not get paid? So, <laughs> I mean, you are. I mean, a lot of people are sitting at home binge watching, and that has become the end thing now. So, uh, yeah. Um, if you want to do it, get paid. Go to MagellanTV.com. Uh, too bad they did not uh, pay us for it, but I think it's a funny story, and if you want to do it, let us know. So taking a look at some of the things that is trending tonight on Twitter. Of course, it is Friday night, so we got a little bit of wrestling that is trending, so you've got SmackDown. And then, of course, you have AEW Rampage. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race is also trending tonight. Friday Night Baseball uh, is back as teams face off in the opening round of the 2022 season. Um, Steve Aoki is trending as DJ Steve Aoki makes an appearance at BTS's first Las Vegas concert, posting videos with the K-pop group on his Instagram story. Uh, The Ultimatum is trending as viewers react to Netflix's new reality relationship experiment in The Ultimatum. Uh, Love After Lockup is trending. Uh, And then uh, Shinsuke is trending 
uh, as it looks like that Roman Reigns' first post-WrestleMania uh, post program will be with Shinsuke Nakamura. So uh, that was uh, on SmackDown tonight. Um, and then uh, the Texas Rangers are trending. Sonic 2 is trending as the reviews are in for Sonic the Hedgehog 2 as it hits theaters today. And also trending um, the Bulls, and I'm almost afraid to trend on it because click on it. Um, <laughs> uh, looks like here just the, uh, a few things uh, that were trending in regards to the Bulls tonight. Um, I'm not even going to look for the, the score here, but I do know at halftime the Hornets had led the Bulls at the half 79-51. I have no idea what's going on with them, and I can tell you from being here um, in Chicago, it's almost like you're glad to see those guys. They're like they're going to get rewarded for the first half of the year by making the playoffs, but you almost kind of have a glowing sense of doom because you know what's probably going to happen is that they don't straighten out some things right away. They are probably going to get bounced in the first round and probably swept. Uh, they have not been playing well, and uh, it has shown, especially in the last few nights. Uh, granted, they have a lot of injuries. Granted, they have a lot of things going on, but it has not looked good for the Chicago Bulls. So uh, speaking of sports, and not to look at what's trending on Twitter tonight, but speaking of sports, uh, one of the things that I was uh, kind of teasing about earlier was the announcement that Major League Baseball announced jersey ads are coming in 2023 and helmet ads in October. Uh, it's official. Uh, it is happening, um, and they're coming as soon as this October. In-game uniform ads were included as part of the new collective bargaining agreement between the league and MLB Players Association, uh, which was signed early last month. Today, the league announced, or the other day, the league announced uh, the details surrounding the plan, including the timing, the patch sizes, and what type of advertisement isn't allowed to be worn. Uh, individual teams will be able to exercise jersey patch rights, which is a fancy way of saying that they can add a paid advertisement to the jersey, beginning with the 2023 season. Uh, those ad patches uh, can only be worn on jersey sleeves, not on the chest, and can only be limited to one patch per jersey and will be four by four in size. Uh, teams can only have one consistent partner per season, and their patch must be the same design across all the team's uniforms. There will be no, quote, home jersey patch partner and away jersey patch partner, no switching between the Amazon logo on the alternate jersey and the Climate Pledge logo on the throwbacks. One company, one patch for the entire season, period. All patch designers will be uh, reviewed and must be approved by both the league and the players' union. Uh, patches advertising alcohol, gambling, or media brands so that means no sport, uh, you know, uh, pretty much no bet USA or whatever they have out there. But ad patches will not be included on authentic or replica jerseys sold online or at retail outlets, except for in-stadium club stores, similar to how the NBA does things. Uh, so beginning this October, the 2022 postseason, the league itself can begin selling advertisements to be worn as decals on batting helmets. Uh, this spot is controlled and sold by the league, not the individual teams, and isn't just exclusive to the postseason. You could see league-sold helmet ads during the 2023 regular season in addition to the team-sold jersey ads. 
So I don't know. You know, we have seen in the NBA where that is happening. We've seen in other leagues where that is happening. Now it has reached baseball. Even with the fact that it is not on the front of the jersey, and thank God it's not, I don't know. I mean, will it be seen is the question. Because I know that there's a lot of people out there who, you know, say if it's in uh, where the home of GE, you know, are you going to see that GE patch on the side? Or, you know, it, it makes me wonder in what cities you're going to see ads, you know, in Texas, are we going to see a Whataburger or are we going to see, um, you know, you won't see a casino for uh, out on the West Coast uh, or California, you see in and out Burger. You know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, teams go with, uh, especially since there are restrictions on just what they can do and if it gets uh, approved. And it makes me wonder, too, if also if some of these teams that already have stadium naming rights are going to just go with the people who already are in control of their stadiums. A lot of questions ahead, uh, but it's a little weird finally seeing the sold uh, advertisement space come to baseball. You would think it would be the last place, no matter with a little small patch or on the back of a batting helmet. Uh, it definitely sing- sing- signals a change uh, in how things are done in sports. So I don't know. I'm I'm feeling a little weird about that one. I'm not sure if I want to see that happen with baseball, but this is what's happening, and I know it has changed, and I know it is um, it is advancement. So what shall be shall be. But I wanted to get to our smoking gun files. A couple of stories from the smoking gun this week, and we usually kind of just go with these um, because they're quite interesting. Um, and the first one, uh, of course, once again, it is a Florida story. What could be a smoking gun story without a Florida story? In, in uh, Florida, a Florida woman allegedly battered her girlfriend with the couple's cat, according to an arrest report. Uh, police say that Susan uh, Fredenthal, 53, and the 44-year-old victim were arguing Wednesday over, quote, fidelity issues in their shared Largo residence. During the squabble, Fredential wrote that she was not cheating and was faithful to the victim, cops reported. At one point, the victim said Fredential grabbed one of the couple's pets, a cat, and held it up in the victim's face, swore on the life of the adult that she was not cheating. The cat, cops say, was distressed and it scratched the victim. When questioned by police, Prudential admitted to holding the animal close to the victim to prove her point and swearing in the life of the animal that she was not cheating. Prudential uh, was arrested for domestic battery, which is a misdemeanor. She was released uh, from the county jail on her own recognizance. Upon being arrested in compliant, Prudential contended that she, quote, was the true victim, according to the arrest report, which lists the weapon used in the alleged battery as feline. Uh, Prudential, who has lived with the victim for four years, was arrested last year for allegedly punching her girlfriend in the mouth during a drunken argument about the relationship. Prosecutors subsequently declined to pursue a domestic battery case against her. Uh, you know, there's nothing more you can say on that one. Um, and out of, well, <laughs> another Florida story, 
the delivery yesterday of an Amazon package containing a sex toy triggered a domestic confrontation that resulted in the arrest of an 18-year-old Floridian for allegedly battering her father, according to court records. Police say that the 50-year-old victim opened a package addressed to his daughter, Victoria Marson, and discovered that it contained a strap-on dildo. The man, surprised by what was inside, had confronted his daughter for a reference to the package. Marson became enraged and was very upset. When her father tried to grab her as she walked away, she began to kick and punch him several times in his face before departing the family's real beach residence. The teen reportedly told her father, I'm going to kill you. I hate you. The victim had some, quote, visible bruising on his right cheek and a scrape on his nose, which cops said were consistent with his account of being pummeled. Asked if Marson had previously, quote, assaulted or battered him, the man answered yes, according to a police questionnaire. Marson, whose occupation is listed as, quote, salesperson, in court and jail records was arrested uh, for domestic battery at misdemeanor. She was released from the county jail on her own recognizance and is scheduled for arraignment on May 3rd. I, why Florida? I, I, I don't know. It's always Florida. I, I really would love to know. If somebody could explain to me exactly why it is always Florida. It's just the weirdest thing I think I've ever seen. But um, and then, of course, we, on top of the other animal story, have another one for you. Uh, I know you liked the one from last week, but I can share with you uh, here in Chicago. Zookeepers at Lincoln Park Zoo are concerned about Amare, a teenage gorilla who's obsessed with looking at visitors' phones through the glass. He sits by the glass and guests show him pictures and videos, including selfies, family photos, pet videos, and even footage of Amari himself. So what's the problem? Well, they worry that he's becoming antisocial and distracted. For example, last week, another teenage gorilla rushed at him in a show of aggression, and Amari didn't seem to notice. Zoo officials have installed a rope to keep visitors and their phones a few feet away from the glass, and they hope that this will help limit Amari's screen time so that he plays and interacts more with the other gorillas. You know, just when you thought that you had saw more about not feeding the animals, now we are in the 21st century where it is don't show them your phones. <laughs> well, the clock on the wall has told me that that is pretty much just about all the time that we have here tonight. But before we leave, I wanted to make sure to kind of give you out the schedule of things that are happening once again uh, for us. So, Next week, uh, we will be here with you, uh, page one, with LeVar Mary on Blog Talk Radio at 10 o'clock Eastern Time, 9 o'clock Central. And then um, we will, the Friday after that, on April 22nd, uh, I will be here, but it will be the 411 Lounge that night on a special night and time. Uh, the 411 Lounge, uh, my guest, Avery Jane, 10 o'clock Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central. And then uh, a couple of nights later on the 24th, uh, definitely be with us on that Sunday night as my guest will be Raina Hung. And then uh, no show on April 29th. Uh, nothing yet to be determined. Uh, we will figure that out as time goes along. Uh, but for now, that is the schedule here rounding out the month of April. But, of course, as always, if anything breaks or if there is any program news to share with all of you, 
uh, I will tell you and direct you to our Twitter page, News Comment BTR, and then, of course, um, also on Instagram as well. And hopefully soon, uh, one of the things that we're working on is to getting back to uh, maybe some Discord or some Twitch. And uh, maybe by this summer, uh, we can do some more extensive things with the show on there with you as well. Um, but beyond that, uh, wherever you are this week, uh, I can't thank you enough for tuning in, uh, for putting up with me for most of the hour. I know you enjoy it uh, when Mary is here as well, and I do too. And uh, hopefully she will be back with us here soon. And uh, in the meantime, like I said, uh, for all of you that uh, has been listening, tell a friend. Uh, we're excited about all the things to come in the next few weeks and months, um, especially with the web page and especially with the show. Uh, if there's things that you want to hear more about or you know things that you think we could be more interactive with, let us know. Uh, you can let that be known through our web page uh, or you can let it be known uh, social media as well. Uh, and just tell us if there's things that you like to hear, see more of, see less of, uh, or uh, if you think that we should have a segment on particular things or story suggestions, let us know. Uh, we love to experiment with the show and to make it a place where it is somewhere where you like to come to on Friday nights and listen, have a little fun, get away from the week that was, and uh, we enjoy doing what we do. We've done it now for, like I said, 188 shows, and uh, definitely uh, we like to continue doing it. So uh, with that being said, I'm not going to um, continue rambling on for you. Um, but for Mary, I am LeVar. Thanks so much for listening this week. And like I said, join us next Friday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central, for another edition of Page One. And then two weeks from tonight for the 401 Lounge with Avery Jane and on the 24th, uh, with my guest, Raina Hung. Uh, and like I said, you will find the links to all of those on our Twitter page. So until next week, we, uh, I am LeVar. Thanks so much for joining us. Good night. Have a great week. And we'll see you next time.
for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple.